get it going on a Monday, last day of October. Happy Halloween to you. Welcome to the People Show. I'm Bick Nazar coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotic provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Busy show today. We'll connect with Brendan Batchelor. We think in uh, about 10 minutes. Batch is busy right now. Over at a uh, major announcement going on at Rogers Arena, which will retain that name for some time. If you missed the major announcement, didn't see it online. Some big news from the Vancouver Canucks and Rogers Sports and Entertainment. Till 2033, Rogers Arena will be the name. And the same great coverage that you have loved and adored. We're not leaving. Regional television and radio that you've been asking about. Hey, what's the deal? That's not going anywhere. We're going to be broadcasting games in this house for the next 10 years. You've seen it on television. They're not going anywhere. The show goes on. The show goes on. Nobody's leaving. Big announcement. Uh, We're obviously very excited here. And uh, months of uh, interest from fans and listeners can finally be put to rest. Uh, a, a massive, again, massive announcement. Uh, congratulations to all those involved, which I'm sure require tireless hours and lengthy conversations and stressful nights. Putting something together uh, like this is a monumental task that requires discipline and requires a lot of trust from a lot of people. And culminating into today... Uh, Again, a massive announcement uh, extending until 2033 uh, with Rogers Sports and Entertainment and also the Vancouver Canucks, uh, which extends an already existing 24, 25-year relationship uh, between Canucks and Sportsnet. Uh, This is a blast. So all the great covers that you've liked uh, will continue on. Uh, and many people uh, on hand today, Michael Doyle, Jim Rutherford, Anthony Staffieri, uh, taking questions uh, from media. And we didn't bring it to you live. We're not going to uh, break into that just now. Uh, just uh, wanted to give you an update of what that announcement was as I opened the inbox here. Uh, a few texts have already come in. Hey, what was to do with that announcement? The major announcement. Uh, so there you go. We're uh, sticking around. Uh, some texts coming in. Hype train engaged. Good news. Glad Sportsnet's around for another decade. Appreciate all the texts. You can send them in 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. The smart alternative is at Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Appreciate the support. You can always uh, tweet us as well at BicNazar on Twitter at Sportsnet650 or anyone. Satyar Shah, Dan Riccio, whoever. Get your thoughts in on what's happening, both with the big club or whatever you want. Talk about the the big announcement today. That's fine. Uh, but let's get into a couple other things because it's been uh, all roses all of a sudden for the Vancouver Canucks. Winners of two in a row. Friday night, heading into the weekend, right? 5-1 winners over the Pittsburgh Penguins. And we've seen a bit of a... Renewed effort from the Vancouver Canucks stemming from that Seattle game. 
where they were heavily outshot, but there was a lot of emotion in that game. What has suddenly sparked this revamped Canucks motivation? Elliot Friedman, if you saw on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday, uh, detailing a little bit of uh, maybe the Riot Act was kind of read to these players. Uh, also on 32 Thoughts, they expanded on it as well, of what uh, what management may have said to players heading into last week. We kind of wondered about the, the fight night in Seattle the other night on Thursday and maybe that their manhood had been challenged. And... I think that was true. Uh, one of the things I, I found out leading up to our show on Saturday night was that, you know, there'd been a lot of talk about Bruce Boudreaux's future and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he won his 600th game the other night. And I think that's an incredible accomplishment considering how long it took him to get his break. That's resiliency for you. Yeah. But I think that they made it very clear that, if, that, that if those players were waiting, for the coach to change, it wasn't only going to be them. And Jeff, one of the thing that, that we wondered was, you know, they, they had Travis Green. It didn't work. They've, they had Bruce Boudreaux. It doesn't look like it's working. Do you just go to another person and hope the same mix works? And, and the Canucks kind of answered that question. Like, I, I think they told players directly. I think they told some agents that, uh, if changes were coming, they were also going to involve the roster. And I couldn't confirm it, but I, I heard on one case, apparently, like they didn't say just trades, like they'd put guys on waivers. And I couldn't confirm wow. who it was or what exactly was said, but it got back to me that that had been, if not directly told, really clearly hinted. And they were mad. Mm. They were really mad. And clearly that message was received. So a strong message from management, the executive staff, all the way down to the players of what is happening, and here are some of the results that might move forward if this doesn't correct itself. We've sat here and talked, the coaching staff, and I've pushed back on a lot of it because Bruce Boudreaux hasn't even had 82 games, not even a full season's worth of games here. And it's the easy lever to pull that we see in sports, and I understand why that conversation gets escalated and accelerated, because when losing streak happens, the first button to push traditionally is, well, the coach has got to go. And some of the things that Bruce Boudreaux has tried through the first seven games, I wasn't really a big fan of, but nevertheless, he's got a long-standing track record of success. Finally hitting 600 wins. That, to me, was not one of the things that you look at and say, the coach is the issue. We've seen time and time again here, for a couple of seasons now, the players don't raise their level. And there's management sending a message saying, this is going to be on you guys. Waivers might even be a possibility. We always talk about trades and we always form ideas, fans and media like, hey, what about this? Is it a right time to move this guy? But time and time again, we sat here and we said, this if, if the team is going to get out of it, it's going to have to be on the players. And that is a resounding message from the executive staff to say, the first implications of why this is not working is going to be on your end. Not the coaching staff, not the management group. It's going to be the players. You've had your runway. And now change it. And so for the past two games... 
they've absolutely changed it. We talk about Thursday against Seattle, a collected spirit, and Friday, full value of playing together. Pittsburgh, we can say they didn't show up, but control what you can control. And they played a very committed and collective performance on Friday night, resulting in a 5-1 win. But this is the question that you ask yourself today, is how long does this motivation last? Because we can sit here and say, there's talent on this team. There are talented players on this team. Even the biggest skeptic would say that, and the biggest skeptics had this team around 88 points. That is a recognition of some talent. But you have to get more out of what your talent is. Attitude is, or sorry, talent is what you have. Attitude is what you extract out of your talent. And you have to get more. You constantly have to push for more. And this team has left a lot to be desired with that extraction process. That's what's been so frustrating. Un, unlived up to potential has kind of been the theme for the Vancouver Canucks these last two seasons. Through two games here, are they starting to live up to some of their new potential? Are they believing in themselves again? Or will this, like a coaching bump, that motivation eventually wear off? And that's what these next 14, 12, whatever number you want to say, but American Thanksgiving is going to come up before you know it. Canucks are going to play 22 games before then. That's traditionally the marker where you say, if you can be four points within a playoff spot, this is still real for you. If you're off after that, it gets very, very tough. And you can go through the math of just trying to get to that that number. The Canucks, on average, you probably want to get to about 22, 23 points. Well, the Canucks right now don't have are, are definitely not on pace for anything near that. They got six points. And they've got about 11, 12 games to get 14 more. Just to, sorry, 16 more just to give themselves a chance at what the rest of this season might look like. So the, the the message of repercussions could be coming very shortly has to be heard immediately. And so so far through two games, they've done that. Will this last now going into New Jersey, going into Toronto in a week's time or a week and a half time, Boston on the 13th, Buffalo, L.A., Vegas, who suddenly looks fantastic right now. We'll get into the Vegas Golden Knights later on in the show, by the way. But this is it now. These next 11-12 games, do you believe that there is going to be this continued spirit for the Vancouver Canucks to continue to push and be the best version of themselves? That's the question that they have to answer. And if in the next 11 games they don't, then we start that countdown again of what changes are going to be coming for the Vancouver Canucks roster because that message has already been sent by the executive staff here. Let's talk to Brendan Batchelor, voice of the Vancouver Canucks here on Sportsnet 650. And if you missed the big news, Sportsnet 650, your home of the Canucks for the next 10 seasons alongside uh, TV as well and the name of the building sticking around till 2033. Batch, how's it going? Uh, it's going very well, Vic. Yeah, it's uh, an exciting day for all of us here at, at 650. Um, and, you know, very, very proud of the work we've done on our Canucks broadcasts over the last five-plus seasons and really excited to continue that work and continue our strong partnership with the Canucks. So it's a great day. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so I'll start off the show there, uh, just talking about 
you know, we, we heard on Hockey Night in Canada and Elliot Friedman again reiterating today on 32 Thoughts, the podcast, uh, which you can always listen to on your local pods, including Canuck Central, The People's Show, Halford and Bruff, Canuck Stock, everything. Uh, just that a message was sent to the players. And, and we've seen here through these last two games, the fights and the knuckles get broken out against Seattle. And Friday night we were talking, and it, it's, it was a very good collective performance, one that we haven't really seen from the Vancouver Canucks so far. Uh, is, is this a blip because we've seen blips from this team in the past, or is this start of something new? Well, I guess we'll find out, won't we? Um, you know, the, this is a group that has had its ups and downs over the last few years. I think, I, I guess what I would, would break it down to is, you know, a couple of wins and one strong performance against the Penguins in particular don't change some of the underlying issues with this roster and the way it's constructed. I'm sure that, you know, Canucks management and, and brass would say the same thing. Um, but it's a step in the right direction, which this team critically needed at this point in the season with how the results had gone against them to start the year. And if they can get on a little bit of a roll here, then, you know, you get to a point where the conversation becomes less about overcoming the slow start to the year and more about what you might be able to accomplish as a group. So, you know, we saw how a slow start last year snowballed and snowballed and got to the point where, um, you know, people were let go the organization made some big changes. And even though the Canucks played tremendous hockey down the stretch, it was too late for them to overcome that poor start. If they can get things going in the right direction now, and again, it's a big if, because even though they won two games in a row, to me, you know, they were outplayed in Seattle. The Pittsburgh game is really the one game this year where you can say that that Canucks played to their potential and really looked like the team that a lot of people expected them to be after the way they played down the stretch last year. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's not there yet, but if they can build on that, if they can continue to play that way, if they can get some results through the rest of this homestand and then take that confidence out with them on the road, then maybe they can turn the narrative around this team around. But two wins isn't going to do that, and, you know, nor should it with the way they've played to start this year. So what's uh, sticky? Like, what, what what translates moving forward? Like, wh- like, what can be relied upon? Because overall, yeah, there, there's been some uh, volatility. Is there individuals you look at and say, okay, this part so far is something that's going to persist moving forward? I've really liked the, the Horvat line, the way it's been constructed since Bruce Boudreaux moved JT Miller back to the wing and put Connor Garland on that line. I think that's a line that can stay together, can have some consistent success down the stretch, especially with the way Horvat's playing right now and the amount he's produced to start the year. And, and for Miller, it's looked more comfortable on the wing, I think it's fair to say as well. Um, you know, I also like the construction of the Pedersen line right now and and Kuzmenko finding a way to contribute offensively even if his game still needs to grow a lot defensively so you know if if you want to call that the Canucks new look top six I think that's a a a couple of lines in a group there that could remain the same could solidify things at the top of Vancouver's lineup Um, and you know defensively they they played very well against the Penguins they matched up well against Crosby and Malkin and made sure that they didn't control the game, and those two lines were a big part of that. So, you know, that, that's something that I think could stick for this group. Uh, you know, 
with regards to Spencer Martin's performance, the fact that he's now played eight games as a Vancouver Canuck and hasn't lost in regulation time, that's not something that is going to persist for very long. He's going to lose a game eventually with this hockey club, but the fact that he can be a backup goaltender that can come in, give his team quality starts, give the players in front of him confidence that, you know, you know, it's not a backup goaltender coming in and you're going, oh, no, here we go. We're going to have to cover up for, for his play tonight. The fact that, you know, the group can be confident in him and that Bruce Boudreaux talking about getting him more starts going forward, I think is something that's encouraging. And if he can continue to play as well as he did against the Penguins, then that's something that could stick. So really, the questions going forward for this group are mostly around the blue line and around, you know, defensively, whether they can transition the puck well enough and keep their heads above water well enough in the defensive zone to allow this team to have a chance to win most nights. And they played pretty well against the Penguins the other night. It looks like there's going to be three new faces when compared to that lineup uh, playing against the Devils tomorrow with Quinn Hughes and Riley Stillman coming back off injury and Ethan Bear likely making his Canucks debut so you know that's going to be one of the big storylines going into tomorrow's game for me is how does this blue line that is starting to get healthier and has some additions on it look in terms of you know their ability to defend but maybe more importantly with Ethan Bear coming in their ability to transition the puck up the ice so they don't spend as much time in their own zone. Okay, so you mentioned just the way they're structuring their top six, which we saw for a bit last year when Elias Patterson jumped up and, and was playing wing with Bo Horvat as well. So is is this to you like a break glass in cases of emergency scenario when they do that? Because they did talk preseason, hey, we want to have the depth down the middle, and, and you acquire a couple of new guys that can play down the middle. Is, is this something we'll just see from now moving forward? Because it might be the best version of what they have. Yeah, you know, I, I think it very – well, maybe. And, you know, uh, an interesting question for me is where is Brock Besser going to fit into this conversation when right. he gets back in the lineup? Based on, um, you know, the way they were skating today, he wasn't a full participant on a line. He rotated in on the fourth line and didn't work on either power play unit. So that leads me to believe that they don't think he'll be ready to come back tomorrow night. But, you know, with both of those lines playing as well as they have, I can't imagine you're going to break up that top six. So you do still have some of that depth. It's just about how you're going to deploy it and what it's going to look like. And, you know, Jack Studnika coming in here, looks like he's going to get a chance to essentially be the third line center right away with Curtis Lazar out of the lineup right now. So can Studnika come in and show well, uh, you know, what, what is the setup going to look like on his wing in the longer term? I think is going to be a very interesting question because it was Pearson and Hoaglander there in practice today. Um, but again, Besser has to fit in somewhere if he's going to come back into the lineup. So is, is a third line of Hoaglander, Studnika and Besser able to generate some offense and give you some good shifts? Because if that is the case, then, you know, you, you maybe don't have as elite level center ice depth as you planned on when you were looking at playing JT Miller down the middle, but that doesn't mean that you can't have scoring depth and can't have a third line that helps you out and produces offense, especially if a guy like Brock Besser ends up playing there. So which of the new faces are you, are you most excited to, to see? Ethan Bear for me, absolutely. Just because this group so desperately needs defensemen that can transition the puck and so desperately needs right shot defensemen. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's, not going to be something where Ethan Bear comes in and 
wows immediately. He hasn't played a whole lot of hockey in recent months. He's been a consistent, healthy scratch in Carolina, I believe. Uh, I heard Thomas Drant saying on these airwaves today, it's been 21 straight games that he's been a healthy scratch dating back to last season. So there is going to be uh, a process of getting back into game shape, I guess, if you want to call it that, for Ethan Bear. And he talked about that after practice today, that to him, game shape is less of a physical thing and more of a mental thing where when you're not playing, you're getting bag skated all the time. So you're keeping in good shape, but it's about performing at a high level while making those mental reads and, and understanding what you need to do to execute and have success. So to me, bear is the most fascinating part of, of some of the changes they've made over the last couple of weeks here, because there's huge opportunity for him. This is a guy that, you know, when he was with the Oilers was at times deployed as a top pairing right shot defenseman. And there is huge opportunity for him to have that level of upside with this organization. If he can come in and make the most of the opportunity that he's going to get here. So how he does early on and how he grows into his role with this organization is going to be fascinating because this is a defenseman that if he can come in and have success could to a very large degree, change the complexion of what this organization has on the back end. Who do you, uh, want to see him play with because the version I the the, the the pairing that I want to see him play with is Oliver Ekman Larson and it hasn't been a glowing start for OEL but we've just seen Hughes and Shen work and I think long term yeah could that make some sense if Bear can graduate into a bigger role but immediately stepping in like what's the pairing that you want to see yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind him playing with Stillman to start because I think you want to limit expectations and limit ice time for a guy that hasn't played a whole lot. So to start him on the third pairing, to, you know, just have him in a situation where he's going to go out there and play and, and not have any big pressures or worries on him is good. I kind of would like to see how he does with Quinn Hughes. Um, and I know maybe on paper that, that doesn't make the most sense because they're both kind of offensively-minded, puck-moving defensemen. But, you know, at the same time, as well as Luke Shen has played, if you have a completely healthy back end with this organization and some of the depth they've added here in bringing in guys like Bear and Stillman, you know, if they had a fully healthy Travis Dermott, like, I don't know if Luke Shen is a top-six defenseman with this group being completely healthy. And you know what? That may never end up being a factor because they may never end up being fully healthy and credit Shen. He has been playing some tremendous hockey lately, but uh, you know, I, I think you have to be wary of saying, Oh, you've got to play Hughes and Shen together just because Hughes and Shen have gone well, because you also want to achieve more than you have as a group over the last couple of years. And if there is the possibility for bear to break into the top four or play on a top pairing with Quinn Hughes and have success, then I think you have to explore that option because, you know, you could achieve more by doing that than you've had with Hughes and Shen playing together over the last couple of years. That's a fair point. Uh, absolutely. That's why we love talking to you every Monday. Uh, Batch, we got to let you go here. Uh, great news today, obviously. Uh, excited to hear your call uh, tomorrow and uh, for, for many, many more years to come. Sounds good. Thanks, Vic. Brendan Batchelor, the voice of the Canucks here on Sportsnet 650. All right, we'll go to break. Uh, on the other side, Dom's uh, shaking his head. You got a Manchester United fan on the station. What? I didn't ask we him. One on the weekend. I, I, no I, mention I, of it. Don't ask him every single time. Because the other thing we always do is like, Batch, what do you think the next uh, match is going to be? And Batch always says 4 0. 
every single time. Revel in the wins. I mean, let's get to first place or something like okay, that. Okay, fine. That's although a good match. Yeah, a little scary near the end, but I'm critical sometimes. But it's also fair to give props. Harry Maguire, late in that match, was phenomenal. Only Eric Ten Hag can make him look just good. phenomenal. So full shout to Harry Maguire and obviously David De Gea with some uh, tremendous saves. Uh, but Harry Maguire with a couple of blocks late in that game uh, was uh, fantastic. But, yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Dom. Seahawks win yesterday. They're legit. We're, we're, we're going to do something on the other side. Trick or treat because it is Halloween. Uh, some things that are happening around the sports world. Dom's going to throw a bunch of uh, topics by me. And we'll, and we'll do trick or treat on the other side here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. <laughs> Welcome back to the People's Show, broadcasting live from the Kintec studio. Is this a spooky bumper music, though? Bringing it. Getting festive. I see you working. I, I used to uh, really be all into Halloween. Like, it's, it's easier when there are full, children in your life. Sure. I, I am going uh, trick-or-treating later today with the uh, nephews and niece later today but i'm talking like the full costume and everything i'm a big proponent of you have to make your own costume not just going buying out the supplies and be like hey i'm wearing something sure make your own costume that should be the move and there's some that i left on the shelf that i've never done might just drop them here any big regrets yeah though the big one was uh light bright Oh, no way. Yeah. So my goal was to, like, put my face through a board, basically, but, like, Velcro pieces all along the board and then have a bag of, like, plush balls that were fluorescent. And then throughout the evening, you could light bright me while I'm out. Was it actually, um, like, lit? Like, did you have well, the lights balls in would, the... The, the, the... The plush balls would be fluorescent. Right. But there was no actual like trick components. No, 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 no. But it would be a black board. Still, yes, yeah, still, it'd be a lot of nice. fun. That if you were out at a party, people could be like, "Hey, stop for a second. Yeah, and you just stand there while they. You know what's sad? Around. There's like a whole group of young people out there that will never know the joy of a light bright. Did you have a light bright in elementary school? Yeah. Oh, okay, I, I never had one. I just thought it was a good costume idea. Indoor recess. Were you always the indoor guy? Well, no. Like if it was raining outside, we had indoor recess. Yeah, I, and I, then I st- you I would, we would just play light bright. Play light bright. I I would still just go outside play soccer. Man, that's that's a good costume idea. Yeah, I might steal that from yeah. you. Please, I, I'm sharing them now. Please, please take them from me. A, a good one right now that I actually want to do, uh, sports related. You know when they do? I'm sure you saw it this week when there's like a challenge thrown on the field, right? In the NFL, mm-hmm. the ref like jogs over to. It's not VAR, right? Some guy literally comes out. With like a harness and a oh, Microsoft yeah, Surface, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy be that guy for Halloween. It's this. It they've been doing this for years now. The uniform is still the same. It's tan shirt, shorts, maroon polo, yeah, maroon hat, and for some reason he's wearing a Microsoft Surface harness. 
and it's just like it's like a mobile desk. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> and just have that and just go up to people with like an iPad inside. There's an idea. I don't mind it. Yeah. But but the light bright one is the one I always wanted to do. I never never got to pull it off. There's real potential there. Uh the the big one that I made, I, I went as a Jeopardy contestant once. Okay, I'm intrigued. I built the the booth. This, yeah. And the podium. The, the the yeah, the podium. Yeah. Uh well no, the, the podium would be where the 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 host stands. Like the the the, the They all have their booth. own contest. Sure. sure, yeah. I built that and I carried it around with me and I had the the buzzer, the clicker. All right on. And uh I on the on the screen, I think I put like because everything's got to be formed in a question. I think I put where is beer or something like that. Nice. And I was like D- direct me to this. But it was it was fun to have in the office, but when you went out to uh, an establishment. Clunky. Gets tough, in the man. way. Tough. I had to like get people to clear out of the way, and I, I wasn't very popular by the other night. Not that I would be anyways, but it was definitely like, screw that guy. He's getting in the way of everyone. Yeah. Uh, still, uh, Oh, Dan from Abbey. They still make Light Bright. My four-year-old has one. Oh, very good. And uh, yeah, a lot of people texting in that uh, it's making a comeback. I'm glad not all children are iPad babies. Absolutely. Fantastic. Good stuff. Uh, so hope hope you have fun. Uh, text in uh, what you're wearing for Halloween, though. Uh, wh- what costume you're planning on doing? I might just go as a. Uh, I'm wearing my 650 hoodie right now. I just might just go as a 650 employee. Oh, that's yeah. lame. Yeah, it's tough. That's I the, the the laziest one I've ever done. But again, built my own. I I got invited to a party last minute. I took a bag of chips and I got magnets, and I I put the chips on my shoulder and I just magnetized it. Chip That's, on your shoulder. That was a chip on my shoulder. I did. Uh, I just but I was a snack all evening. Oh my gosh! In this house, rejection is the point. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, you like have, that? Do you just have that part? That's that's fantastic. Was that loaded in, or do you actually have that? I, it was the next thing up. That's so incredible. I, just, like, I was like, "There's no way you have that saved." That's brilliant. Th- that that whole dr- that whole joke was crafted for that moment. That is amazing. That was radio magic right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right, so it is Halloween today. Classic uh, sports radio trope here. Uh, we're gonna do some trick or treat in the sports world right now. Dom's got a list of things here. He's gonna hit me on. Do we have uh, spooky music for this? Ah, oh, we don't need spooky. I can grab some. No, nah, it's fine. Do you want me to delay here? No, I have it ready. No, oh, okay. Uh, just hit me on a couple of things, and and what and we're just gonna say is 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 this a trick, or is this a treat? Hit me. Up first, the Canucks' last two games: trick or treat? Trick. I I kind of said it off the top of the show. I kind of feel like you are who you are. There's there's momentary blips of motivation that we've seen from this team. But it always comes far too late. So this is a trick. It'll be good to see this play out versus Jersey versus Anaheim. But this will run out. Either it's on the, the road trip or at some point. But we've we've got enough evidence of what these players are. That when we see it's like, hey, what, through 25 games, coaching staff gets let go. Then you f- suddenly find some motivation. And this threat of, well, trade deadline's coming. And they suddenly start playing well. And then ultimately, it expires. They once again 
pushed. I don't want to say threatened, but pushed pretty hard by management. And they bring out their best games. Well, you should have been starting the season fresh and strong. Understand the stakes. And when the stakes get higher, I, I, I just don't see it frequently enough from this group of players. Only a handful, really. So this right now, these, these last two games, enjoy them. Take them in stride. Until proven otherwise, this is a trick to me. Next up, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Trick or treat. It's been getting bad there. It's been getting bad there. Who who's who's had who's had a worse start? The Vancouver Canucks or the Toronto Maple Leafs? The yeah. Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> we should get them in trick or treat. Because <laughs> it's a treat watching what's going down right now uh, in Lakerland. But you go through the start of this season, Maple Leafs four, four, and two. 500, 10 points. Canucks, obviously, 2, 5, and 2. Six points through nine games. But relative to expectations, remember, the Canucks trying to get to the playoffs. For a lot of people, that's a exciting season. That's a successful season. I, I need to see them win a round to start saying that's a successful season. But for the Toronto Maple Leafs, this is, you got to look good, and you got to go to the playoffs. So who's at a worse start? Uh, I will say the Toronto Maple Leafs right now are a trick. They will improve. There is forward depth there. High end. A lot of high end scoring depth. They'll make improvements on the blue line. Obviously, they were in the Ethan Bear market. They will eventually make some adjustments. And they will go to the playoffs. Now, in the playoffs, probably not winning. But the regular season, I think they'll be among the uh, President's Trophy hopefuls. As the season continues. So right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a trick. The NHL's Pacific Division trick or treat? Uh, it is a treat right now. Got somebody texting in here. Uh, this division stinks. No, this division does not stink. We knew about Calgary. That they were going to be a bit of a problem to deal with. Just how they are defensively. That's, you know, Jacob Markstrom has had the odd trouble spot. Obviously on Saturday. But by and large, the Calgary Flames are very stout and are going to be very difficult to deal with. I think they're second or third in the league in goals against right now. First is the Vegas Golden Knights at that. This division is a treat. That's tough news for Canucks fans. But when you're dealing with Calgary, Vegas looks like they're back in form. And there's supernovas in Edmonton. In Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, their baseline is always going to be strong. The Pacific Division, that's real. It's real. The overall depth of the division might not compare to, say, the Atlantic, where, you know, Boston's thriving right now. Um, Tampa still exists. Toronto will improve. The Metro is really good. The overall depth might not be there, but the high end, it's here in the Pacific. It's a treat. Next on the list, Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. Trick or treat? It's a treat. There's, there's, there, there's, nowhere, there's no other way to put this. Geno Smith, this is real now. This continues to keep happening. And we sit here and say, well, we haven't seen this before. It's Look, we, ha we haven't seen anything like this with Geno Smith. I'm excited to talk to Mark Schofield tomorrow because usually when we talk about quarterbacks, traditionally Dom, it's like, wow. Arm strength, look what he's doing, look how look how flashy he looks. 
Geno Smith's like doing all the things that aren't traditional flashy things like arm strength. But you want to talk about ball placement? You want to talk about syncing up your footwork to the timing of a play? Geno Smith is thriving in all of those things. And even a couple of yesterday, drop touchdowns that were on the mark. It's Geno Smith. And whatever's happening with the Seattle Seahawks right now. Five and three. Leading the division. Leading the NFC West. Leaving the Super Bowl champions in their dust. There's a gap now between the Super Bowl champions and the Seattle Seahawks. 49ers one game behind. But this is going to be a chase here. The Seattle Seahawks are real. Absolutely real. And it's on the back of Geno Smith. Man, I, I think I, I think I'm gonna buy into the phrase, Dom. I, I think I'm every win, I start to get it. They wrote him off. He didn't write back though. I, I feel like I, I understand it a little bit more that, every week. That phrase, trick or treat. That phrase. We started and we said trick. It made it it still doesn't make sense, but every win, it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. I get it a little bit more. It's a treat now. It's a treat. It's through sheer osmosis of victory. They have turned it into a treat. And the, and the team's buying into it. Pete Carroll yesterday going off. It's like all the people that thought I, I, I the game passed me by and we run the ball too much and all these things. Pete Carroll, he's, he's a treat. He's absolutely a treat right now. Uh, the NFC, trick or treat? Uh, the NFC might be a bit of a trick, which is why the Seahawks having a, a thriving – uh, opportunity here to go to the playoffs, win the division, by the way, and go to the playoffs. It's part and parcel because of where the NFC is. Green Bay, relative to Green Bay standards, historically bad. Uh, the Giants, six and two. We talked about the Giants. Is this real? Are they? They've had a lot of good fortune. And even yesterday, that game should have been a blowout if it wasn't for a Tyler Lockett fumble. Uh, right in front of the, the end zone. Which, by the way, apparently Tyler Lockett's first... I saw a tweet. I, don't, I haven't checked this myself. Apparently his first fumble on a reception in his career. Tyler Lockett's been doing it for a long time. But but think of traditional powers. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, right now, not just down. Might be down and out. Super Bowl champions, three and four, uh, don't look like, look like they have a lot coming in the way of some juice for them. Uh, I'm saying the NFC is a trick. Uh, but the high end uh, is there. Similar to the Pacific Division, I guess. Eagles, strong. Cowboys look phenomenal. Uh, it just feels like it's going to be them two battling it out uh, all the way till the end here. Uh, maybe the 49ers have their say if they can get healthy and strong. But the NFC is a trick right now. Last on the list, the NFL's trade deadline. Trick or treat? Uh, I will say the NFL trade deadline will be a treat. We saw... Christian McCaffrey already get moved. Uh, today, Roquan Smith gets moved as well, uh, going to the Chica- from the Chicago Bears to the Baltimore Ravens for a second and a fifth. The NFL trade deadline turning into a treat. More teams understanding, hey, we got to be aggressive, understanding your competitive windows. Here's the Ravens. We're talking about a team that's had so much success historically, but now where are they right now in this build? They're having success right now, sitting atop the AFC North. Uh, Bengals and Browns still to play later today, but they got five wins. Take advantage and address a weakness. I know we got a text in earlier, uh, 650-650. Uh, just uh, lost the spot of who texted in. Uh, 
Matty G on Berard texting in. Thoughts on the Roquan, Roquan Smith trade? I uh, feel like they answered an immediate need and could solidify their defense. Issue will be re-signing him. They have a very challenging offseason with uh, Lamar Jackson already. Uh, and now throw in another star-level player in Roquan Smith. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, though, traditionally just do this thing where they just find money out of nowhere. They, 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 Their ability to find people right as other contracts are expiring is second to none. Outside of Terrell Suggs, they've just done this thing. It's like, pass rusher goes out, we got a new one coming in. They retain Terrell Suggs because he's phenomenal, T-Sizzle. But for years and years and years, it was, yeah, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll lose one guy. Paul Kruger goes out. Zadarius Smith comes in. Whatever it is. They've just done this over and over and over again. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens with Roquan Smith because that is a star-level player that they just inject into this offense. Patrick Queen has kind of been up and down. I was really excited him, uh, about him coming out of LSU. I just never felt like it uh, stabilized for him in that defense. But this is a, an opportunity for the Ravens. Uh, before they really have to cash in on Lamar Jackson, uh, lean into it. I like this team. We haven't really seen consistent effort from them. But uh, I'm excited to see what comes up with uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, 650, 650. Uh, some thoughts coming in on uh, Halloween and everything like this. Uh, Micaiah, Max and New West, trick or treat. Honestly, kind of both. I think there will be moments where you say, well, it's so tantalizing. How come there's not more from Ilya Mikheyev? But just the the raw look at it, he's something that is, we talked about a bit on Friday night on the postgame show with, my, with Sat and myself. You can understand why they invested in him, even if you disagree about the timeline, but it's very obvious to see why they invested in Ilya Mikheyev. It's it, it just scarcity. There's aren't there, there aren't a lot of players across the league that play like Ilya Mikheyev at the speed of Ilya Mikheyev with the smarts of Ilya Mikheyev. And where the the trick part is going to come in, you see how many opportunities he can create with his speed, and you're always just going to look at that and say, well, he can score 25 and 30 and 33 because he's so fast. He cuts to the middle of the ice very well, and sometimes he mishandles it through these handful of games here. I don't know if the last two you look at and say, four points, this is the type of player he is. You might have spurts of this, but generally speaking, I think we're looking at about a 50-point player who's going to thrive defensively. And there's there just aren't a lot of guys. There's plenty of players that can play really well. Like the guy I wanted to see was Nino Niederreiter. Was, did it make more sense to play Nino Niederreiter $8 million total over two years or commit to Ilya Mikheyev? You can easily make that case, but you can understand watching Mikheyev, just he brings something different that not a lot of players have. There's good players that do great work. Like You can go across the league here, like a, a Mason Appleton or a Michael Bunting along the wing in Toronto produces, plays a certain style. But I, I liken Ely Mikheyev's speed similar to someone like Jordan Greenway with his size in Minnesota. There might be more effective players, there might be players you like more, but they bring something that a lot of guys do not. Jordan Greenway does it with his size. Ilya Mikheyev does it with his speed. So I look at that and I'd say that is a treat. Uh, 650-650. Uh, <laughs> Rage you're texting in. Uh, Bick being the last in the people show fantasy football pool. Uh, trick or treat. You know, that's a 
uh, a treat. Is that true? Enjoy. Uh, I didn't uh, look up uh, last night's score. By the way, while you're on the topic, I'll give you some time while I ramble. Uh, I did lose again, yes. Dan from Van. Crushing. Who has been undefeated on our side. Guess who beat him this week? The Vincibles? The Vincibles. Wow. Dan from Van putting up 71 paltry points. Giving Randeep the win. Uh, Torgy with a good one. Uh, are the Phillies a trick or a treat? It's a, it's a treat, baby. It's, it's an automatic treat. It's an automatic treat. They, they're they the sweethearts of the MLB playoffs. Playing the cheaters of Major League Baseball. In what world is it a trick? And and they got a win. Yeah. This is fantastic. Game might be rained out tonight. We'll see. That's great. More rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How's that a bad thing for the Phillies? I would say it's a bad thing for the Astros. Yeah. Now, they obviously get rest themselves, but uh, does that give a chance for... You what, give an extra in- day to Wheeler. You give an extra day to Nola. Yeah, so so they would now play games five and six? Could uh, they? Conceivably? Conceivably. Yeah. Get a win today. Suddenly... Uh, I'm really hoping, Vic. I'm really hoping. How, yeah, how you feeling? Stressed. But you know what? You got the split on the road. But don't you just home. love this? Yeah. It's just. This is what you live for. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Before we go, we got to get to the people's picks. Monday Nighter tonight, uh, brought to you by Play Now Sports. Every game will feel like the big game when you bet with Play Now Sports. Brought to you by BCLC. Line is three and a half points. Bengals at the Browns. Bengals. Road favorites. So sorry, actually, I just refreshed. It's actually three points now. It's moved. I'm going Bengals minus three. This Browns Browns uh defense stinks. Really, it's 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 really bad. Miles Garrett is the only cool thing on it. Everything else is below average, which is really sad because Denzel Ward's on this. JOK, very good linebacker. That's not worked out. He was so good last year in coverage and just hasn't translated. And the, the investment they've made along the defensive lines, a lot of these hopeful opportunities have not panned out for the Cleveland Browns. I'm looking at the Bengals who are figuring themselves out offensively and it's getting explosive. I know Jamar Chase is out. Uh, still, I get Joey B back there. Joe Burrow running the show. I'll go Bengals minus three. The one thing I do like on the uh, props for the Cleveland Browns, Donovan Peoples-Jones over 44 and a half. At 1.86. Can he get downfield? One big catch and then slowly matriculate his way for the rest of the total. I'll go over 44.5 for Donovan Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's the Peoples Picks. Brought to you by PlayNow Sports. When you choose to bet on sports at playnow.com, you're playing on the only site whose profits go back to BC. Know your limit. Play within it. We have an update on the World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, the game was supposed to be played on Sportsnet uh, 6.50 tonight, so we'll have to actually change the schedule there. Uh, game 3 has officially been postponed. The game will be on Tuesday. The World Series is now scheduled Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in Philadelphia. Friday will be the day off. Hang Saturday in. and Sunday in Houston. You did that really fast. So, Game 3 tomorrow. No game. Yeah, Game 3 tomorrow. Yeah. Game 4 Wednesday. Okay. Game 5 Friday. So, everything just got pushed back a day. Yes. All right. There we go. Thank I you. I think though. I said that correctly. Uh, well, we should have done one more uh, trick or treat. Big six. Is that a trick or treat? Depends on the week. Did you see the record last week? No. Six and oh. Oh. I, I, 
I, I'm, I'm going to say treat because we're now back on the right side of the, the, the ledger, but we still have a long way to go. But uh, six and all last week uh, for Big Six. Woo! I'm Sorry hoping. for what? For for Big Six. Big Six. What did I say? Not that? Big Six. It's okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get out of here. Uh, before we do, HSBC Canada Sevens is all in and returns to BC Place March 3rd to 5th, the best weekend of the year. Just got bigger, better, and fancier. Women's and men's squads have joined forces for one massive tournament with 28 teams from all over the world. Fancy dress in the stands is the ultimate tradition. Go all in for Sevens. Go all in for rugby. Tickets go on sale Tuesday, November 8th at 10 a.m. Go to CanadaSevens.com. Enjoy the evening. Uh, be safe tonight. Uh, wear, refre- wear reflective clothing uh, so people can see you out uh, while you're trick-or-treating, uh, but also have a blast and uh, enjoy the end of spooky season. Dan Riccio, Satyar Shaw on the way here with Canucks Central on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.